that's the life of an exile. And they are super powerful emotions that we don't want to feel. And so that's why we have these protectors, managers and firefighters, to keep those exiles locked away Mm. so that they can't get to the self. That was Cody Isabel, and this is Guild Stories. Hey, welcome back to Guild Stories. We've got Cody Isabel, and he is a man of many um, uh, interesting adventures. And uh, so I think I'll, I'll let him set the stage with uh, what he's up to. And and then I'm pumped to get into the depths here of, of all that you're doing, man. So, Cody, welcome to the show, bro. Thanks for having me. Appreciate How, uh, in, in like... A, a random nutshell, how can you intro uh, yourself to our audience <laughs> in, in as concise of a nutshell as possible? Yeah, I mean, I am uh, I work with people after trauma. That's mm. the easiest way I, I like to think about it. I do a lot of content, coaching, and then um, AI. AI mm. and technology in the uh, trauma space, complex PTSD space. Mm. So those are kind of things. I try to give away like 99% of everything I know to help as many people as possible. Yeah. 1% of those people want help implementing. So I do coaching yep. and then to continue spreading that when I'm asleep, I built my companion. So that's probably <laughs> the easiest way <laughs> to right. kind of think about it. Um, what is mind companion? So my companion is a, uh, it's an app that's with you. Yeah, forgive me. Is it mind or my M Y? My M Y. Oh, my fault. My fault. Yeah. No my worries. companion. Okay. Yeah. My companion is a, uh, AI companion that's with you 24, seven, three, six, five. Um, and it's free mm-hmm. and it helps you heal complex PTSD. Um, and it's trained on uh, trauma-focused therapies like internal family systems, uh, somatic experiencing, things like that, mm. uh, to help people on their healing journey from after an emotionally abusive relationship or childhood trauma, like neglect, things like that. Mm. Um, lot to explore there for sure, and we're coming back yeah. to that. And then you're also the founder of Mind Brain Body Lab, which is a which oh, is yeah. a, a, an awesome named lab. So tell us about that. For sure. So Mind Brain Body Live is where it kind of all started. It's where content and coaching kind of reside under. Mm. Um, I'm really focused in on the type of science, neuroscience that I studied is cognitive behavioral neuroscience and psychoneuroimmunology. So it's the study really simply of the mind, the brain, the body and how they interconnect mm. and how they work with each other, uh, how they talk to each other, those and, and, and then behavior. Uh, that's the behavioral side. So cognitive behavioral neuroscience. And so that's why Mind Brain Body Live kind of got its name. I love it. Um, We've had lots of names, go startups, but <laughs> we landed there and it's stuck and I love it because uh, it really does, I mean, uh, encapsulate everything that we want to work on when we work with people because um, those are the three areas you need to work on when you are trying to heal, improve your mental and emotional health in general, let alone like trauma stuff. Just if mm. you want to get closer to happiness and have purpose in your life, those are three mm. key things you got to have in alignment. So. That's kind of where it came from. And so we do a lot of content mind, at Mind Brain Body Lab everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, I put two or three pieces of content out a day uh, to just teach people uh, practical it. neuroscience and psychology tools that they can use. Um, and then some people want extra help. And so we mm-hmm. offer uh, coaching and uh, therapy like services for those people. What's the difference between the mind and the brain as you would define that? Or, you know, you've, I've heard like, body, mind, soul, right? Like, but how do you, how do you separate or, or distinguish between mind and brain? Yeah. So it's hard. The way that I have uh, thought about it, and this gets into mm. some really fun, like uh, 
not just neuroscience, but uh, philosophy. Hmm. But the easy way I think about it is your body holds your brain and your brain holds your mind. And so if you think of your mind kind of like the notification center um, for what's happening uh, in your body or what's happening in your environment that comes in through your body, through your nervous system, up to your mind. So it's kind of like the you get a notification on your phone, um, but you don't you're not told this electron crossed over this transistor and you're not told that right. <laughs> you're told. Thank uh, goodness. Right. And so you're like, oh, I got a message from. Yeah. Whoever. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like the mind. Easiest way to think about it. Mm. Um, the mind, the brain, and body are separate but inseparable, <laughs> mm. which is a crazy concept to think mm. about too. I like that. But when you, people know this naturally. So if you think about, if you touch a hot stove, you touch the hot stove with your finger and the message, your body touches it. The message goes through the nerves in your finger up in through your brain. And then you're like, ow. Mm. Right. And so that's from body to brain to mind. Mm. You can also go the other way. If you close your eyes and imagine biting into a lemon, which I do this all the time and my mouth starts to water, but mm. how does my mouth start to water? Mm. Because my mind sent a picture to my brain and then my brain went to my body and it's like, oh, water, make my mouth water. And so that's your mind to your brain to your body going down. Mm. So you can go bo- bottom up and top down. Um, and so that's the easiest way I can kind of good. get to it. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense to you or yeah, not. Yeah, but yeah. What was your entry point? You, you mentioned studying neuroscience. What was your entry point? And, and by the way, like naming it, I, I, f- I feel um, inadequate to have like the depth of science, scientific conversation with you. So if I ask That's something okay. that you're like, hey, bro, <laughs> um, just say, hey, bro, uh, here's how, here's how, my here's how dummies help, understand it. No, I love it. I, that's, that is my mission to help people to understand simply like complicated stuff. So cool. Cause, cause I'm, I'm all in on the holistic healing journey. I'm all in on the like connection. I love how you said like separate, but inseparable, oh, yeah. um, way into that. And so I think to, to be as, as practical and as helpful, you, you're doing this already, but, um, I think our, to, to put my mind and, and body and, and brain into the <laughs> experience of the listeners is like, okay, let's, let, let's talk as practical and helpful as, as we can. Um, so that'll be part of my, my mission here. How, how did you get into this complicated, but inseparable field? Yeah. So it started <laughs> in middle school. It was like mm. a Miss Frizzle type experience, like magic school bus. I don't know if you ever saw that, but <laughs> it was like that kind of experience because in my middle school, uh, I went to like a small Catholic school in Blue Springs called St. John's. Okay. And okay. They, like, you know, bouncy house, it's like a blow up bouncy house has that giant fan and blows it up. So imagine that, but a human body that blows up and is like full of air and Mm. it's laying out across an entire gym. And then you can walk in through it and go look Mm. at different parts of the body, essentially. Mm. Mm. And so that was like my eighth grade. It's like an assembly or like an exhibit of some sort. Okay. Yeah. 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 Then they just came to our school and popped it up and I walked in, you walk into the head and I saw all these yellow things. I was like, what the? what the hell are these? And then the rest of the exhibit, I see these yellow lines all over the rest of the body. And so at the end, I was like, what were those yellow things? And the guide was like, or my teacher was like, those are nerves. Those are nerve cells from the brain. And I was like, what? And that was the first moment I was just like fascinated. I was like, these are everywhere I went the rest of the time through the body. Why would I not study the thing that was everywhere? <laughs> and so uh, that's, that's kind of awesome. how it started, essentially. And then I... Got into an advanced uh, program in high school, mm. which I was blessed enough to go to school that had um, like college level courses for high schoolers. Mm. So I started studying it there. And then 
I went to like the one school that had a cadaver lab and a neuroscience program and college basketball Good night. in college. Like I couldn't <laughs> believe I found it. And so that was really cool uh, to get to go there. But that's how it all what started. School? Simpson College. Okay. Yeah, up we in talk, Iowa. Yeah. We talked about that just a little bit. Uh, shout out to Ava Levings, who Liberty North senior, who's uh, who just signed at Simpson, who's a good friend of um, our daughter Addie. Um, hey, Roll so, Storm! Yeah, <laughs> that's what we say out there. Roll Storm! Okay, Roll Storm! All right, I'm gonna have to get a Roll Storm T-shirt. Um, Please do. I'm in. Um, that's fascinating. So the the journey began there. What was what was the like practical college experience around studying neuroscience? Because because frankly, like it probably. I mean, there's been this wild and awesome emergence of neuroscience in the like public sphere of like influencer, you know, Andrew Huberman, Huberman and like, there's all sorts of amazing stuff. He's amazing. I'm, I'm like, I'm two hours into his three and a half hour show with, uh, uh and you would know the guy, Dr. Adel Atili or something. Okay. Um, anyway, they're going way deep into like lipids and chromosomes and all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, Holy smokes, like these dudes are so smart. Wow, but, awesome. um, anyway, the, that probably wasn't like the most selected field from Blue Springs High School of like dudes going to college studying neuroscience. So what was that journey like for you? Yeah, it was fun. I I knew I wanted to study it like Mm. this day I started high school. Mm. So um, that was really fun. I was, Mm. I think there was only like two or three other people at Simpson even that were, had the major at the time. It was a newer major. Uh, So it was kind of cool. We got a professor from Northwestern that came and started the program at, uh, uh, Simpson and I got to do a ton of undergraduate and, and like research like graduate level research uh, because it was a smaller school and I, I love that like I can't stress and I almost went to Mizzou and I that's a whole story in itself how I got <laughs> freaking coach Stromer but uh, how I got to Simpson but it was perfect because I was working with some of like the most fascinating PhDs and researchers and I was doing labs and not just like taking notes and doing boring stuff. Like I was in a lab doing the actual experiments. I was responsible. I bought the materials, like the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. I, uh, so it was really cool when I got put on papers, like, so that was really cool. Um, and it was fun to study, uh, when I was there, it's a lot of biology. It's a lot of chemistry, <laughs> a lot of chemistry. Good night. Um, yeah, it's, it's a pain. Organic chemistry, <laughs> not my favorite. I didn't well, have those in the communications major. I got at Mizzou. That's weird. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> That's good, all right. Actually. But That's good, actually. It was, it was a good blend of uh, psychology and neuroscience, like the actual physiology, biology, like chemistry, and then also the, mm. like, like psychology of what's happening, like cognitive psychology and behavioral psychology and how though that phenomenon emerges from the structure, like the brain and the structures and stuff. Mm. So that was a lot of what the uh, research, and then the research that I really focused a lot on was, uh, uh, trauma, not just uh, emotional trauma, but like physical brain, uh, TBI, traumatic brain injuries, um, and the lymphatic system and the um, like helper cells of the brain, which people don't realize. Like there's as many helper cells, maybe even more, as brain cells. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of wild. What was the int- the origin or the um, desire to s- study trauma specifically? What where did that come from? Four concussions. Really? uh, Yeah. I mean, and just brain inflammation in general, which it can be created by physical trauma or, and what I study even now is uh, how emotional trauma, like (laughs) neglect, abuse, those types of things can create inflammation as well. And so, um, but initially it started with uh, physical trauma leading then to a whole host of mental health things going on because I was a college athlete. I mean, I'm 
<laughs> and I got a concussion, uh, which if I had a concussion right now, you wouldn't be able to tell. And that is like so tough uh, because I'm sitting there on the sideline on the IR or the injury reserve uh, with guys who have broken arms and casts and crutches and all that stuff. You look fine, bro. Like, what's up? Yeah. And so it's like, oh, are you like weak or whatever? (laughs) Not Mm -hmm. quite that word, but, Mm -hmm. um, and so that was tough, like mentally. And then the course load I was taking wasn't necessarily easy. Um, And my teachers, everything's on PowerPoint and I can barely look at a screen because it's so bright Mm -hmm. and it's, so it's, it's tough. So there's the mm-hmm. physical trauma that happens, and then there's the whole mental side as well. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of stuck in that blend while studying mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And so that's probably where some of the initial stuff came from. Um, and I've just always had a businessy. I've been knocking doors since I was like 14. Like I've knocked <laughs> every door in Liberty, I guarantee it. But, uh, <laughs> With what? That sounds like an awesome. Roofing, siding, Amazing. windows, doors. Amazing. like. You name it. I mean, pretty Amazing. much. <laughs> Did you ever have one of those sweet, like, Segway things? I've seen, like, people roll I around. I wish. <laughs> Especially, I was, and I was knocking on days like today where it's 100 yeah. degrees. Yeah. But yeah. it was, uh, so I was in the middle of, like, figuring out, like, mm. traumatic brain injuries, mental health, and then just having this, like, entrepreneur sales type mm. mindset. And I was just like, hmm, what can I do here? <laughs> yeah. And I was, like, simplifying stuff to people. Uh, so even in college, like, my other majors would come and, and they were trying to figure out how to study. What's the best way to cram? I was like, well, the best way to cram is not to cram. But <laughs> if you're going to have to cram, this is what you should do. Yeah. You should study for 90 minutes, take a 20-minute nap. Study for 90 minutes, take a 20-minute nap. And just little things like that that I would uh, just help people with and stuff. Just t- telling other people in my fraternity and the team, things like that. And that's where I kind of got hooked, where people came back to me like, that worked. I got mm. such a better grade on my thing. Mm. It just stuff just came to me during the test. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's brain science. It's how it works. Mm. Like, and so that was fascinating to me. Mm. And there was also fascinating that <laughs> you have a brain. Everybody in this office has a brain. Everybody has a brain. Um, and neuroscience is such a scary word to so many people. Mm. For sure. But it, but it doesn't, it, like, the, the brain is so simple when you think about it. And I understand that after studying it for years and years, I, I get it that I could say that, but it really is not that complicated. Uh, what do you mean when you say that? Well, it, it, it does five basic things. It's senses, perceives, feels, thinks, and acts. Mm. It say does those again. senses things, it perceives things, feels things, thinks things, and does things. Mm. And so that's the basic, that, that's the equation. Um, and when you know that, you can do pretty much anything else. You can figure out, you can zone in on where the problem is. Uh, you can... Um, uh, work, it allows you to be a better detective um, and then do things differently <laughs> and move your And then when you understand your mind, your brain, and your body are connected, now you're like, okay, like if I take care of my physical health, that's like if my body is like the soil for my brain and my brain is like the soil for my mind. I love that. If I fertilize the soil of my body, my brain will be healthier, healthier. stronger. And then if my brain is healthier and stronger, my mind will be healthier and stronger. It's just really basic things like that um, where it doesn't have to be that complicated. You don't have to know endocrinology or psychoneurology to understand. Those are big, crazy words. Okay, good. But they all summarize, they all come down to what I just described in a really easy way. And that's what I mean when I say it's like not that complicated. What was in your study and, and, and in your practice of building businesses around these concepts and, and, and giving 99% of it away for free, which we're going to talk about, um, what what surprised you most or what has maybe been a like, oh, man, I didn't know that when I started, but I'm 
but it whatever was was illuminating in in your own journey what was like a, a few surprises along the way uh, about the like brain and yeah. psychology or like yeah. business okay uh so brain yeah, the and brain and psychology first we'll talk about the business later. so the biggest one uh was when i started to learn about internal family systems uh the concept of multiplicity uh which is the concept that you're made of many parts you're not just one thing um, and so there's the uh, part of me that's anxious. There's the part of me that is depressed. There's the part of me that's a people pleaser. There's the part of me that binge eats, whatever, uh, whatever you, it happens to be for you. But they're all parts. And then there's uh, this concept of self, and uh, which is like the internal leader. It's supposed to be the internal leader. Um, and when you start to realize that these parts, these protective parts were created in moments when you couldn't defend yourself when you were younger, because mm-hmm. you have to grow up faster than you emotionally mature, like, or you have to become an adult faster than you emotionally yeah. mature. And yeah. so these parts get created in those times. And it's like, ah, gotcha. That's what's going on. And then it, it gives you a framework to start to understand what's going on. Like, um, and so IFS or internal family systems, IFS, um, is a framework that I'm still learning. Like mm. I love it sure. so much, but it gives you a map for what's happening, like mm. neurological or psychologically. And then, what I love about it even more is that there's so <laughs> many neuroscientists that are behind it, like Dr. Frank Anderson, uh, that uh, study and and put neuroscience to the psychology and can map where these parts sit in your yeah. nervous system. And it like I love it so much. Mm. And it's uh, mm. when I started working people with that, the outcomes that I was getting were so different. And people naturally feel this way. How many times have you mm. been like, oh yeah, well, one part of me kind of wants to do this and another part kind of wants to do that. For sure. Those are real parts. Those yeah. are literally parts. And that's the only yeah. really big things that IFS, not the only, they do tons, yeah. but yeah. one of the biggest things is that you are parts, made of mm. parts, and you can go mm. heal and talk to those parts like they're people because mm. they are. For sure. Dude, in my own, like, work on the couch <laughs> the, the, nice. the, the there's been plenty of that um this concept and i wrote it down because it was a word you used but my therapist um spiritual coach in lots of ways uh soul oh, yeah. coach i got uh, one of those yeah too. <laughs> and and my goodness what like wonderful and hard work but and i avoided it had the weird stigma i was like only effed up people go to counseling and I don't need that shit and I'm fine. I wasn't fine. Um, anyway, (laughs) but, but the, I was definitely not fine. Um, and the concept, she, she used this phrase, the defended self. Oh, nice. And, and, uh, and and it it resonates with what you just talked about. And and she talked about that, you know, the, the inner child, the little child, the, the non-adult part of myself that, and, and and my instinct was like to like shame that little kid. Like, oh Dude, you're God. so stupid. And like, why would you yep. do it that way? And like, look at all the messes you've made and this, that, yes. and the other thing, right? And 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 to to experience literally in my body the healing and the freedom that came from showing compassion to that oh. little boy and to give him grace and understanding and forgiveness and, and, and even like, and in, in, in some ways celebrate and thank him. Cause mm-hmm. like what that did for me was per, to your point, protective and yes. it was necessary and it wasn't bad and it didn't need all these like heavy, weird chains associated with the, um, with the like 
perception of what it was like, you know? And uh, anyway, that, that like defended concept. And, and there's still ways that my, um, well, literally almost every day, well, there's some instinct in me will be like, well, defend it and like protect and you can't trust and you're not safe. And so you got to be defensive. And uh, that journey to like unwind that narrative <laughs> is, uh, is an ongoing one. Um, oh, yes. But I, I think um, I'm just, I'm grateful to hear you say those things. Cause it's like, yeah, man, that was, that was true for my experience at least. Yeah. That's amazing. You found someone that can help you through that journey. Shame is at the core of like every problem. I feel like humans have almost <laughs> like mm. we just beat the crap out of ourselves. Mm. So that's awesome. I agree. I could not agree more. Mm. Mm. Um, Man, that's cool. Um, the you've talked a, a little bit, and well, let me ask it. Let me ask you this way: mm-hmm. When you get to the point where you're sharing your ninety nine percent, you're simplifying complex concepts. Um, what are and I know you've done a million <laughs> different versions of, but like, what are the core? Like, if you're going to say, "Hey, mind, body, brain." for dummies like where do you start like what do you start like what's the what's the 80 percent you know the 20 percent of the content that's 80 percent of the results right like the, the 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 core where do you begin to walk people into um the awareness of this conversation and and then i want to bring it back to the word you just used which is the outcomes like what are the, some of those outcomes that you've started to see in people as trauma gets healed as people get healthy as relationships mm. get restored whatever the things are um, what are those like entry points into this topic that generally resonate with folks? I would say the basic one, the couple of frameworks we already covered the, mm. your body holds your brain, your brain holds your mind. Mm. Right. I love that. That one is a really, that a lot of people get that one. Mm. Um, and I the, love concept, the soil one too, man. That's so that, good. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. whole thing, like the yeah. soil that, yeah. that people really get that. Um, and I can pretty much start everything from there mm. because then the whole program that I work people through starts with, okay, how do we fertilize the soil of your body? How do we start bottom up as opposed to top down? Where do you um, start with that, with that piece? So the hero's body is what I call it. Okay. Um, and so it's six areas, okay. something for your mind every day, exercise, sleep, uh, nutrition, social connection, and play. Mm. Having habits, patterns, and routines in those mm. six areas, uh, is the best way to get uh, to improve your mental and emotional health because you're healing, you're, you're fertilizing that soil. And so those Can we are, go deep into those six? Yeah, um, okay, for sure. Cool. <laughs> uh, cool. You want to ask? You want me to just go through them? Let's. Uh, yeah, let's go one by one. I love them. So the first one I talk about is the mind. Um, so if you're working with someone who is like your coach or, or your therapist, um, even mine, my, I think, uh, she's trained in IFS and somatic experiencing. Like, mm. so mm. If you're trained with someone or you're working with me or something like that. Um, there are specific meditation type things that I mm. would suggest, um, mm. that can help you talk to those vulnerable parts of yourself. Mm. Um, that I think can be super healing. The other thing for like hard chargers, <laughs> uh, like my puts on the gas pedal 24 seven almost. So yeah. I need to move into like my chilled nervous Stillness. system. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Parasympathetic yeah. if you will. Um, yeah. And so I do something called heart coherent breathing. Um, mm. What happens when you are, you're get your gas pedaling it pretty hard is mm. your respiration rate, your um, blood pressure mm. and your heart rate get out of whack. So okay. if you looked at them all as, as waves, they'd be all out of sync waves. Heart coherence breathing allows you to sync those back up into a coherence resonant frequency is what like the scientific term. Mm. Um, 
and it's about five and a half seconds in, five and a sec, five and a half seconds out. That respiration rate allows, like breathing from your belly. Like there's, it it's not quite as simple as just a five in five sure, out, but sure. from your belly, through your nose, out your mouth, ideally, um, allows that respiration rate allows your blood pressure and your heart rate to uh. sync up with one another, uh. and that is like the like perfect way to turn on your uh, uh, parasympathetic, like calm yourself down, mm. raise your HRV. Um, it's huge. Mm. And so, um, and that's a lot, that comes from data because all of my clients in Mind Brain Body Lab, we give them whoop straps. I buy all of them a whoop strap really? and I'm measuring cool. their biometric health 24-7, 365, uh. and then analyzing that with AI. And so when I'm looking at, when I'm talking about heart, like I, or heart coherence breathing, I, I can see it in their data, the effect Dang. it has on their HRV, their heart rate, their blood ox, that kind of stuff. So mm. that's why I suggest uh, uh, heart rate coherence, breathing. We talked about Dr. Huberman. Mm. That's another one you can do. That, so smart. Yeah, the his physiological sigh, the two in your nose, long out your mouth. That's a really good spot treatment for like anxiety, things like that, or like before public speaking, things like that. Dude, I literally until my mid-30s had no language or concept or awareness of breathing zero oh my god it's like i like and, and like i didn't play college hoops but like played played you know three sports in high school and was quasi decent at them and um was fairly athletic like did did lots of like performance stuff right um did pretty decent in school all all that stuff no one talked about breathing right and and i was kind of like offended when i was like <laughs> wait because because same i mean my my like instinct is to is to go and to be super active and be not, not even just like physically, but like emotionally business, whatever it's my the foot on the gas pedal. Mm-hmm. And I remember my, our first counselor, um, I was talking to you about Teresa. The first guy I started going to was Rick and Rick uh, quite literally saved my life in lots of ways. Um, and, you. and he, <laughs> I, just, I think I've told this story before. And it's kind of silly to say it. It feels silly to say it. Um, but one of my first times in the seat with him and I'm like, you know, recovering in lots of ways around some stuff that wasn't very helpful to my life and my marriage. And, and I'm like, Hey man, like I had a big job at the chiefs and all this bullshit. And I was like, Hey man, I'm pretty ambitious. (laughs) Use this word ambitious. I was like, I'm really ambitious. And I like, I like to go hard and you know, I'm, I'm pretty like what I was really saying is like, man, I'm pretty damn important. And I'm, I do cool shit, right? And I have a big job. And, and he's this, like, kind, curious, but, like, razor sharp. Dude. Oh, that's the best. Oh, it's horrible, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, be- the best from a, yeah. uh, uh, on the other side of it. But in the moment, he is like, ambition, huh? What's behind that? Like, And, and he, he walks me into this exercise where he made me, he asked me. <laughs> so I could, you can feel my defensiveness even. He asked me to come back the next week with a list of all the things I'm afraid of. Oof. And I was like, I, I literally said like, dude, I'm not afraid of anything. <laughs> the defended self, right? I love it. I was like, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm ambitious. And I was like, all this like energy towards the go, right? Oh yeah. Anyway, I, I, I did what he asked me to. And it was, there was a l- much longer list once I started writing it down and actually mm. being honest. Anyway, back to your point. Um, it, in that kind of, uh, I can't remember that exact journey session by session, but there were moments when he was like, just breathe and slow down. Like your your body and your 
all, all your cycles have, are revved so high. Mm. I didn't even know what anxiety felt like because I'd stuffed it all, dude. Like mm. I just have, had had run so fast away from myself. <laughs> yeah. And that that it that it once it caught me, it was a it was a trauma scene, man. You know, it's pretty ugly. Anyway, all that to say, like I noticed now today when I don't spend five to ten minutes, like I don't do with like. 60 minute guided meditation. I don't have time. No, I have to. Right. Yeah, but like literally if I spend five minutes on my back deck by myself and just close my eyes and breathe, my oh, life yeah. gets better. That's all you have to do. It's it doesn't have to be some kumbaya <laughs> on the forest. Right. Like right. five to 10 minutes on your back deck. That's pr- yeah. freaking perfect. Yeah. I love it. I love your five and a half seconds in. Cause I'm always kind of like, I don't know. Do I do the four in and hold it and breathe it out or do I like <laughs> whatever. But like, I think the, the in through the belly, from the belly through the nose, out the mouth, like five and a half seconds. That's so good. Yeah, I mean, it's simple to get your heart rate back up and right. It's mm-hmm. Your HRV in a good place, which is really good predictor of mental and emotional health. So, and I've seen it even play out like um, in meetings, like in like the flow of a business conversation or a client thing or whatever. I'll feel myself rev, and I'll be like, "Dude, just take it." Like nobody even has to see you do it, but like take one big ass breath and like calm down. Oh yeah, Taylor Swift. You need to calm down. I have uh, <laughs> sticky notes almost everywhere that just says "belly breathe, belly breathe, belly uh, breathe." Because I'll just uh, push my my stomach out, uh, my because my legs will start to balance, and I'm starting to like, oh, I'm gonna get uh, too jacked up, mm. and I'll just push my belly out, take a big breath in, and people mm. can't even tell. Like, mm. So I agree, like, your breath is so powerfully connected because it's connect. Your vagus nerve is what makes that possible, but mm. people forget like mm. how powerful your breath is. Mm. So sweet. Um, I could. Uh, go way deep down that hole with you. Number two, what? So you men- you mentioned mind as it relates to like the physical body. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, mind so sleep is next. Kay. So I mean, this is not rock science either. Uh, seven to eight hours. <laughs> seven mm. to nine is ideal. Mm. Um, I usually shoot for about eight, mm. um, and uh, it's that simple. Like, mm. and then Dr. Huben has tons of podcasts on this. Mm. Like, dark room, make it cold. Mm. Uh, dim lights before bed, get sunlight in your eyes in the morning, like really basic mm. stuff. Mm. Um, and then know your chronotype. Uh, that's a big one. What's that uh, mean? We all have different circadian rhythms. Okay. So we're in pr- a circadian rhythm is how your brain uses light to, um, mm. wake you up and put you asleep mm. is a really simplistic way to think about it. And so each of us has a different mm. circadian rhythm based on when we release cortisol and when we release melatonin. Mm. And so, some people are lions, so they like wake up really early. They are high energy in the morning. They're chilling, and then they have a trough in the afternoon, uh, where they're just like mm. energy depleted. Mm. Um, there's some bears which like to get up at like mm. seven ish, right? That's the vast majority of people mm. are bears. They get up and go to sleep with the sun. Mm. Easy way to think about it. Then there's uh, uh, wolves that are uh, the night people they like to stay up late, mm. uh, work late in the night. A lot of coders, developers yep. Yep. Uh, are kind of like that. Yep. Uh, math people. And then there's the dolphin, <laughs> the insomniac, uh, the, mm. the, the wild animal of, of the bunch. <laughs> Less than 1% of people are dolphins, but, and it's just a sleepdoctor.com. It's a free quiz. Like it mm. takes like five minutes maybe to go through it. Mm. And it gives you a really basic, uh, really basic framework to work with. I mean, and it's not just like, when to go up, when to sleep. It suggests like, what should your morning routine be? What should you eat? How should Mm. you eat? When should you eat? What time? When should you work out? When should you Mm. all sorts of stuff? Um, So that's a big thing. And then keeping the uh, bedroom sacred, that's a big piece Mm. too. Um, Only having the SS room. Dr. Huberman talks about it, sleep Mm. and sex. Those are the only two things. Um, And so those are kind of the basis on sleep. 
Um, and then, dude, I'm terrible at. I've gotten better at the prioritization of sleep. And frankly, I've I've been a whoop guy for three years now, ish. And that's been the number. Well, before it helped me reduce my or limit uh, eliminate alcohol consumption. That was oh, yeah. one big thing because I was oh, like, dear. oh, dude, I'm a train wreck after I drink mm. for lots of reasons. But like the data does not show good things after I drink not alcohol. At all. Yeah. Uh, second, secondarily, the sleep thing, because mm. I'm like, oh, bro, like I was in bed for eight and a half hours, but slept like, and I'm getting like that awake numbers is gradually getting lower. Um, but it was really illuminating to be like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm getting seven or eight hours of sleep. And that's actually like five and a half. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what the hell? This thing's broken. Uh, this is wrong. And, and so then I'd be like, okay, I'll be in bed and sleep for seven hard hours. And it's like six hours and eight minutes. I'm like, damn. So that's honestly like even like being in bed for eight hours, but getting seven hours and 20 minutes of sleep or whatever. I'm like, I feel like I'm failing. (laughs) I mean, Um, it's wild. People vastly underestimate how much sleep can help them. They come to me with all these problems and I'm like, are mm -hmm. you sleeping? No. I'm like, okay, (laughs) let's start there. Literally. It's where I start with everybody. Like I go so hard on sleep. It's not even funny because people, Mm -hmm. when it gets messed up, I mean, it's so freaking bad. Uh, for your mental health. Like, the thing I so haven't, bad. we haven't kicked yet is the TV in the room. It's like Oof. just that one thing that's like, yeah, gosh, uh, phones not in the room anymore for me. Phones in the bathroom plugged in. Um, I'm, I'm 90% like laptop, not in the room there, there as the entrepreneur bootstrap part, there's like a 10% time where I'm like, Hey man, I'm in the thing doing the, like on a laptop late. Um, you but gotta it, do it. Yeah. But, but, but I think the, the TV is like that last piece that we haven't kicked, which we need to. Yeah, I feel you. For all of these, I have MVPs too. So those are like minimum vital productions, mm. like the like laughable version of these that I'll do. So like meditation uh, or for mind, mm. mine is 3D breaths. That's it. Yeah. And I, I check some. that box. Boom. Yep. I, I hit the MVP for the day. It's good. Um, for sleep, it's uh, like NSDR or Yoga Nidra on days that I mm. uh, don't get enough sleep. Dr. Huberman talks about this all the time. He has a great one, an NSD or a protocol, um, which is it essentially just a power nap. Mm. And so I'll do that for sleep. Mm. Um, but that's, that's mind and sleep. And then exercise, that's a okay. big one. Okay. Putting your body under stress. Mm. <laughs> um, so um, Dr. Huberman outlines these pretty well, too. Um, a lot of these... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, I you know I was researching them in school and then all of a sudden yeah. Dr. Human's putting this stuff out here. I'm like, hell yes. yes. I knew I it. was right. But, language, uh, yeah. yeah, For sure. And so, but the way I can look at it is mm. putting, people vastly underestimate, like putting your body under stress, like mm. uh, uh, weight stress mm. um, uh, and getting your, it keeps your bones strong um, and it's really, really good. So I, I like to weight train. Mm. It's where I tend towards. There's not a right or wrong, mm. but, but um, I'm an athlete, so I, I like weight training. Mm. Um, it feels like a good workout to me. Yeah. Um, and then, so I do that at least four times a week. Okay. Um, and then um, some type of cardio. I play a lot of basketball still. Mm. Uh, like yesterday, I'm playing tomorrow. Nice. Like, yeah. Uh, so a lot of basketball, a lot of uh, cardio, or like a uh, like a uh, like steady Movement. state, or yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, hit training. I do that too mm. uh, for cardio days and things like that. And then rest. Mm. Got to rest some. Mm. Um, I have a lot of uh, like uh, hit like high intensity or medium intensity workouts I'll do like it, it, um, for an MVP. Mm. If I can't go do a full workout, I'll go 
like on a, on a trail and I'll walk for 45 seconds, sprint for 15, walk for mm-hmm. 45, sprint for 15 or something like that. Or I'll like walk really slow and like power walk if I want to do like a medium thing or like jumping jacks, push-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, There's some fascinating stuff about walking that I've started to like read and oh, yeah. implement into my life a little bit more. Like even taking phone calls on walks instead of like sitting at a desk or whatever. Like just that kind of broken up day part. Like, even go walk for eight minutes. It doesn't have to be six hours. Like, no. uh, the walking part is uh, – that's one thing I wish we tracked was steps. Um, oh, yeah. But I, did that. I, wear both. I wear Apple Watch and Whoop. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Don't, okay. Tell, don't tell Whoop. But, uh, <laughs> What's your take on walking? Oh, my God. Walking is so, so valuable. It's a great mm. MVP, first and foremost. Mm. It uh, If you've ever heard of EMDR. Oh, yeah. The science – oh, Even better. Okay. Mm. You know how they have your eyes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, going left and right, yep. walking naturally. Walking does that. Walking has your eye saccades go, or uh, the way that your eyes move left and right. When you walk, you have to do that, and so because mm. you're bilaterally step left, right, mm. left, right, and it's a bilateral movement to walk, and so it does. Mm. It's not exactly the same because you're not being led through anything, but sure. it does downregulate your amygdala or your like limbic system, your emotional mm. center, mm. Um, just naturally. Mm. Um, it can raise your HRV. It gets you most of the time it gets you outside, which is really good. Yep, getting sunlight in your sure. eyes. Like for sure. Um, a lot of the times it, you're getting around something that's more mm. green, which is really good mm. um, for your body, your brain. Um, and it's a, and after a meal. Oh, that's an even better after a meal. Go for a 10 minute walk. That's something uh, Europeans do way more than we do. Oh, mm. The thing that blew my mind mm. about uh, Italians. All right. I'm just thinking over here, like American as hell. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Olive Garden. I'm thinking, how do these guys and gals yeah. eat so many carbs and all this yeah. pasta and all Drink this stuff? Wine. Yep. But you look at an Italian or look at Italians yep. and they're not huge yeah. people. Yep. They're not fat. Yep. I'm like, what the hell's going on? So I went to research and I was like, okay, two things are doing well. Olive oil, first of all, is like lubrication for your heart, mind, mm. brain, everything. Mm. It's the best thing you could possibly do. Mm. And then they have a tradition after big meals, almost always they go on walks. Uh, and what happens if you monitor your blood glucose level, uh, when there's a big intake of, uh, like carbs or glucose or sorry, carbs, which then turns into glucose, it can spike your blood glucose level, but going on a walk, what happens, you're using some of the biggest muscles in your body Mm -hmm. when you're walking. And so the first thing that grabs glucose are your big muscles. And Mm so it can suck it out of your suck the glucose out of your blood into your muscles and be used right away Damn. and com- like tank your blood glucose level, which huh. is, or not tank it. That sounds extreme, but like keep it lower. Mm. And the, you don't want your blood glucose spiking too much. Mm. The more your blood glucose level spikes, the less life you'll live, <laughs> which is similar to sleep. The less hours you sleep, the less life you have. <laughs> Heads up. <laughs> not trying to freak people out, but yeah. I'm huge on sleep, but uh, that's walks. Do all of those things. Just walking. Dude, it's awesome. That's Just so walking. good. Are you into the like continuous glucose monitor thing? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. Been, I've like explored it ish and then I haven't really like uh I haven't gone down the road too far, but Yeah, I love it. It's hard to uh I don't get all of my clients one because it's harder to kind of facilitate yeah. that. A whoop yeah. strap's pretty easy, put it on, yep. done. Yeah. Blood glucose monitors. I mm. eventually I would love to. Mm. I think there'll be rings that can suck blood out of your fingers subcutaneously soon. Damn. Uh that can do that kind of stuff. That's um, wild. But there are people, there's a startup in uh, San Francisco that uses continuous blood monitors to like NutriSense is an yeah. example of one um, or levels. And 
throughout the day, it's measuring all of the different levels of your minerals, vitamins, things like that in your blood. And then in the morning, it will print, it's connected to a 3D printer and it will print the exact vitamin or mineral pill that you need Stop. for that day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? Uh-uh. I think there's only like five of them right now because it's like, you know, it's like new, but Damn. that's wild. That is so wild. That that stuff I'm really fascinated by. Like, okay. I love it. I'm, in, I'm into the, the walk uh, as I've like eclipsed 40 and gotten into the closer to mid 40s part of my life i'm young 40, i'm 42 um walking is like this sacred i'm like good and it's where i broke you know three or four times a week brooke and i'll go on a walk that's where we talk that's where like relationship gets we get to catch up on stuff um and when when we can't for variety of reasons calorie conflicts or whatever even me just like it it's a mind clearing yeah and like to your point getting outside movement just all that stuff and i love running but um, walking for whatever reason is, uh, has been really fascinating to yeah, me. It's a great right. MVP. Um, exercise. We, oh. So we did mind, sleep, exercise. We're halfway through the body soil. What's number four? Nutrition. Okay. Uh, basics. I mean, there's some really basic stuff here. Everybody, first of all, <laughs> I work with Kelly Hansen. She's the nutritionist that's that, that I work with, mm-hmm. uh, and all my clients work with. And so mm-hmm. she's she a KC person. Uh, she actually met her up in Iowa. So she's okay. up, she's in okay. Des Moines, okay. Uh, but she works with people all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is, uh, she's always on my butt about how mm. nutrition is really unique to everybody. Mm. So I try to stick to like really broad basics sure. um, and things that I just know neurologically are, are better. And so when you're thinking about like lowering uh, more protein, almost everybody needs more mm. protein than they're getting. Mm. Um, and I'll go mm. over what I kind of do and then I'll talk about some things that work cool. for other people. Cool. But So I'm high protein. I'm pretty mm. low carb, like white carbs. Um, uh, like I, I just don't like sweet potatoes. Cool. But yeah. like yeah. white rice, like mashed yeah. potatoes, things like that. Yeah. I'm just, I stick yeah. away from, they turn to glucose and yeah. it spikes your blood sugar. So, um, and then, uh, processed foods and sugar, pretty obvious ones. Yep. Yep. Uh, stay Turns out there's not those. much nutrient density in that. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Uh, so, and then, um, I don't drink alcohol personally. Mm. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> neurotoxin. Like mm. I, and I'm, I don't judge people that do. I mean, you For gotta sure. have fun, gotta have life, but, For uh, sure. People are, people just give me funny looks. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I just don't drink. They're yeah. like, what? Why? What? And yeah. it's like, they want to like psychoanalyze me. I'm like, bro, <laughs> if I like, do you do cocaine? Uh, no, why not? Are you okay? Like, you know, it's, a, it's like, it is people just weird, don't realize yeah, it. Like, for sure. For sure. So I digress on alcohol, yeah. but those are some of the basics that I'll do. Um, and then fasting. Like I'm, I'm huge in huh. fasting. Like I'm, huh. I, I can contemplated, uh, mm eating before I came here because I am mm. way sharper when I haven't ate. Like I haven't eaten since like six last night. Damn. Damn. <laughs> uh, so I'll fast and mm. I am so much sharper. Like I can feel my mm. brain be different or like, process differently mm. uh, when I, when I uh, eat food. Mm. <laughs> and so um, uh, fasting has been big for me. It's sometimes harder for women. Um, that's something Kelly and I are trying to kind of figure out like where mm. we stand on some of that stuff. Sure. Uh, guys, it's a little bit easier. We got testosterone. Not the only hormone mm-hmm. we have to try and manage. Mm-hmm. Uh, women have three hormones they have to manage specifically, mm-hmm. so it's yep. harder for them. Yep. Um, so it's not a broad stroke, but fasting has worked really, really well for me. Um, intermittent fasting yep. specifically. You don't have to go on two, three-day water fasts, anything wild, mm-hmm. like, but just intermittent fasting. Like, mm-hmm. Don't eat from after dinner until lunchtime. Yep. Like, it's, yep. not that, it's not that hard, yep. like, really, when you think about it. So. And then the MVP for me in nutrition is never two bad meals in a row. Mm. My weakness is ice cream. I freaking love ice cream. So good. It's so good. Bell especially. Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, 
but my, my goal is if I, if I have, or if I have like a pizza or something like that, um, like a carb or something, um, I just, I, I it's okay. Never two in a row. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you gotta yeah. have fun. Like I'm yeah. not here to, yeah. Yeah. I'm giving you a baseline and then go For have sure. fun. Like, For sure. so that's kind of my MVP in nutrition. Yeah, that's good. That's helpel. I think, um, for for me, it it brings up the yeah the the conversation of like I th- general statement. People get hung up on these weird, random, mm. nuancy, insignificant yes. things of like, well, you should never have avocado oil and only coconut, whatever, right? Yeah, and say. it's like, what man? You just and, and I'm I'm like in the camp. It's fine, like. Bro, you just pounded a whole bag of tortilla chips at eleven thirty at night and drank six Bud Bud Lights. Like, oh why are we why are we arguing about coconut oil? Yeah, and and I, I I love how you framed up like baseline and macro concepts and 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 it's so true in all part of all parts of life. Like the eighty twenty principle here of like, yes, make generally good decisions for a long period of time horizon and it's going to go well. The the Huberman podcast I'm plowing through, he's talking about the two you would know all of the science behind it way better than me, but the two biggest risks of, um, uh, of cancer being smoking and obesity. And, and he's like, and it's interesting to, to hear him diagnose and kind of dissect and break down. He's like, obesity isn't the right metric actually, even it's, it's below that. And, 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 uh, uh, I'll get dumb here real fast, but he like talks about the glucose intake and some other thing, but, but it, in, in essence, he's going, Hey, the American, the general American diet of high process, high sugar yep. isn't leading to anything good. And we all like assent to that intellectually. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, it's harder to experience like, man, it actually just feels better to eat good food, like real food, like food right. that, um, is real. <laughs> not, it's not, hard to know what is real if you don't, Plant it yourself. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying it's easy. Like, sure. I struggle looking at the back of some of these For sure. foods, and, I, and I'm like, what on earth? Yeah. I who have looked at thousands of these, can't figure this out. Like, what? There are, there's a website that tracks different names for sugar that they put on the back of labels, and it's up to, like, 350 different <laughs> words that could mean processed sugar on the back of a label. What the heck? Like, it's wild. People come over here from other places, and they, like, get sick. Mm. initially because they are so so much extra sugar and so much extra salt or sodium or whatever so i'm not saying it's easy (laughs) necessarily but um trying at least can be helpful so that's nutrition cool what's five social connection uh so uh isolated brain is a starving brain Mm. uh evolutionarily like if you were in the tribe you survived if you got kicked out you Mm -hmm. did not survive usually so uh, we were made to care and connect for one another. Mm-hmm. And so social connection can be anything from having a team meeting, mm-hmm. going and hanging out with your family, uh, calling someone, FaceTiming someone, uh, getting in person mm-hmm. uh, is the best, if you will. Uh, but mm-hmm. if you can't do in person, it, an MVP uh, could be uh, just FaceTiming somebody um, and just having that moment of social connection. For some kids today, even uh they jump on like Minecraft or Roblox and they're like sure. going back and forth and they're talking and having For fun. Sure. Like, so that can be social connection um, yeah. where you're just getting to know one another. So that's huge. Yeah. It's, it's uh, makes me think, well, first our 13 year old son, I'm like, bro, let's go outside and hang out with your friend. He's like, I'm, I'm hanging out with my friend. We're playing Roblox I'm like, or Minecraft. I'm like, wait, okay. Yeah. You're right to a point and like get your ass outside too. Both are true. Um, but the, the social connection piece, um, 
and and Rich Roll had uh, some super smart doc on now my mind's starting to get blurry oh but he he talked about ice like when you and he was doing cancer research when he isolated the cancer cell and how that isolate i love how you said like we were created for connection mm-hmm. even at the cellular level when it gets isolated and disconnected it, it just dies mm-hmm. it just like dies and then when they would nourish that it would it would come back and and they're talking about like being in harmony with your own with your with relationships with family with friends and, and i think back to your european piece it's like um yeah they they would sit and talk part of like in a, in italy they would they sit and talk for a long ass time yeah. yeah they eat a lot of pasta and drink wine but they're in connection and relationship they're not like plowing to the baseball field i love chick-fil-a and i love baseball but like hey. yeah everybody's eating chick-fil-a in the car and you don't really talk to each other and everybody's staring at their phones and like oh we got more shit to do you know yeah. and i think that like frenetic pace of not being in relationship is something I personally struggle to like prioritize. Um, but my goodness, it's so rewarding. It is. Even this it's like yeah. when we look in each yeah. other's eyes, For like sure. eye contact is a parasympathetic trigger. Mm. It is a safety trigger. Mm. That if, if we're able to look at each other in the mm. eyes, it means that there's not a tiger. It's going to come eat you probably <laughs> like pretty, pretty high odds. And so That's good. it's huge. Uh, a tip I give, because making friends as an adult is hard. For sure. People's expectations don't match reality a lot. So, mm-hmm. like, a baseline thing on this is that having two to three, like, friends that you consistently hang out with, it, you're doing way better than you think you are. When you go out and look uh, at groups of 10 or 20 people and all this stuff, they are statistically, when you look at research, less, they are enjoying their time less than you are if you're with two or three people. Mm. Because you can dive deeper and actually connect with one another where it's surface level a lot of the time because it's mm. loud and there's all these yeah. people and it's harder. Yeah. And so, like, That's put your mental baseline lower as far as, like, the should, like, that inner critic that's going to come beat you up, like, oh, I should have more friends, I should have this. You got two or three people that are pretty mm-hmm. close to you that you can call uh, and they'll answer you're doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. a baseline. And if you're looking for some hack that I give people is uh, volunteering. <laughs> Interesting. People don't think about it, but volunteering, yeah. like if you find a cause that you want to go volunteer for, mm-hmm. you're probably pretty passionate about that cause. And if there are other people there volunteering for that same organization, that's guess good. what? They also have mm-hmm. a similar passion to you. Mm-hmm. And one of the best ways, which is why it's so easy to make friends in school, is that you're doing things next to each other all day when you're in school, like when you're a kid. So when you're volunteering, <laughs> you are also doing things next to each other, like go to Harvesters and do back snack and stand next to a random person. Or you can go just go volunteer randomly anywhere. Have it For after sure. humanity. There's so many ways you can do it. Yeah. Um, and you're around people working with them. Socrates, like like I'm sure you know this as a leader, like he would do uh, side-by-side for all of his people, the best way that he ever learned was going and working with them in the field and talking with them and teaching the side by side. Yeah. 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 That's right. And so that's just how it's wired into us. And so, Mm. uh, volunteering is good to do, Mm. Mm. uh, but also can be really good for finding new friends and socially connecting, uh, as an adult. So good, man. I love that. Okay. Bring us home. Number six. And then we're going to shift into the, to the brain. (laughs) Oh yeah. Play, play. This is the most, I I should, I should do this one first, but sleep is way more important, but, uh, play people forget how to play. Like adults are just kids wearing a costume. How often do you take off the costume? Hardly ever. Hardly ever. Uh, like, so being a kid and just playing, like I've got clients that, uh, uh, used to want to uh, like be dancers. So for play, they jump around and dance and sing and have mm-hmm. a karaoke partner in their room. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, there's different play styles. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a competitive one. You might be one too, because mm-hmm. you said you're an athlete. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, for us, if <laughs> it could be anything, if there's sure. a scoreboard, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm pl- it's play yeah. to me. It's fun. Yeah. Um, some people like my dad, he's a collector, uh, and he likes to work with his hands. So, uh, those are play styles as well. Like it, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Uh, we fear the judgment of right. playing though. And so that's, uh, or being that kid and just playing and just having fun. Um, but it's so freaking powerful. Go play in the rain, go, uh, jump rope, go, I mean, do something just for fun. And the biggest thing for this is there, people will have like, Oh, I'm, they'll hear this. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do something randomly. Uh, and go try and play. But then what they forget to do is give themselves guilt-free time to do it. Interesting. And so yeah. that's like the biggest thing that I could suggest is like give yourself time. If you're going to play Switch, I, like, I'll play like um, a Link or something on my Switch or something. And sometimes I do that to distract myself and procrastinate. <laughs> For sure. Other times I'm like, okay, I'm going to like, I'm, I'm setting aside an, an hour that yeah. on a Sunday night that I'm yeah. just going to play. I'm going to hang out. I'm not going to worry about anything. And I'm just going to do that. Um, and it's guilt-free time. I can do whatever I want in that time. Um, and I don't have to worry about what's the next thing. Do I have to do this? I have that team meeting. I got to get that back to this person and all the stuff. I'm so behind. I'm so screwed up. I'm Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got to give yourself that guilt-free time. That's like the number one thing I would suggest in in relation to play is like guilt-free play time. Uh, that, that's what I would suggest. That's good. And this is so fun. Um, and so helpful. And And I think I'm glad we dove deep into those six as it relates to to the body soil. Um, how do you start the conversation around brain soil? So brain soil is uh, derived from body soil. So a lot of the work that you're doing in your, what we just described, will equal better brain health. Mm, um, sure. And then that better brain health allows you to get into the mind where you're able to more effectively work through trauma and work through these things. So when you're thinking about uh, brain health, Sure, there are some things like nootropics that you could take that are uh, can directly help your brain health and things like that. There are things you can do to directly help like brain uh, specifically, uh, but by far and away, fertilizing the soil of your body is the number one way uh, to improve your brain health. Um, and if you just do that, it'll work. So think of the brain as like a conduit between the body and the mind um, is a way kind of I like to think about it. And so it can be healed from the, from your mind. So when your mind starts to work through and witness trauma and, and do some of the stuff that you've talked about, that can heal the, the, the brain by way of releasing it from the body. And then when the body releases the stuff that it's been holding onto, that, the trauma and things, first and foremost by the six things we just talked about, but then after that, going through the process of, like you've gone through in therapy um, or with a coach where you're working through some of those things, those parts of you that those defensive parts, as you call them, those protectors. um, That's a big way to um, help because you want to keep, if you think of the mind being on one side of a highway and the body being on the other side of a highway, the highway could be like your brain. So it's the connection between the two. Mm. So you want to keep the highway clear of debris and you want to fill potholes and all that kind of stuff. And you can do that from either end of the highway. Mm. Um, mm. So that's an easy way to think about that's good. brain health, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. What's at stake for, like, why does it matter to have, I mean, I, I know it sounds like a silly question, but um, to have good brain health, what's the outcome? What's the impact? <laughs> You're like, dude. <laughs> it controls everything else. It's like when I was a kid in eighth mm. grade, I walked to the top of the head. There's a brain cell for every cell of your body. Uh, I mean, it is literally everything. Uh, uh, comes from your brain in some way. Um, and so having good brain health equals uh, uh, better mental health, better uh, 
emotional health, higher happiness scores, um, higher life satisfaction scores. Uh, if you're looking like statistically what it means, um, and longer life is, is the other thing too. Um, you have a healthier brain, uh, you will just be less challenged with, it'll be, it won't be as hard, uh, throughout your life to just do the things you want to do. Um, so that would be what I would suggest or what I would, I would, uh, articulate as why to have good brain. That's health. good. It controls everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, walk us through mind health here a bit. So mind health is, uh, I look at that from the IFS lens, internal family systems lens. Um, so it's really starting to understand those parts, um, uh, from, and, and be more self-led. So IFS is huge on, we all have this internal parent, this, the seat of our consciousness called the self. We're born with the self. It's curious, compassionate, calm, connected. Uh, the eight C's is what they call them. Mm. And, um, when we're not acting in one of those ways, a part has blended with us, mm. um, and taken over our behavior. So they're riding the bus now they're driving the bus. I mean, um, and so when you're looking at the mind, it's like, how do you start to decipher, am I blended with a part of me right now, or am I acting from self? Um, and so that basic awareness that there is the self and there are parts is kind of the first step. Interesting. And then realizing that there are, there are two types of protector managers and firefighters. And that's a really, that's an, an awareness piece as well. Mm. So if mm. you think of, um, like a, a people pleasing would be a manager managers, they're, they're, uh, Motto is never again, never again will Cody feel anxiety. Never again will Cody feel uh, rejection. Never again mm. will you feel abandoned. Um, and so mm. that people pleaser is a manager because if I can control Cody's behavior, if I take over and drive the bus and control his and I please everyone around him, mm. none of them will reject him. So he'll be safe. The self will be safe. Mm. Um, and so that's an example of a manager. And then when managers get tired because they reside in our prefrontal cortex, <laughs> uh, <laughs> And so towards the end of the day, uh, when you're tired, right, that's when firefighters start to take over. Um, so firefighters, their motto is react and distract. So that could be uh, drugs, binge drinking, anger. Uh, porn, yeah. anger and rage, uh, yeah. dissociation, yeah. Um, suicidal thoughts. Like mm. there are so many different things that we do mm. to react and distract ourselves. Mm. Um, and that's what the a firefighter is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And both of these protectors are guarding against exiles. So exiles are the mm. last part of this system in your mind. Mm. Um, and exiles are emotions like shame. That's a huge mm. one. Um, abandonment, rejection, um, mm. uh, terror is another one. Um, physical harm um, is another one. And what happens is these huge things happen when we're younger, where we get abandoned maybe by a mom or a dad. Um, and uh, instead of what, what the, the self starts to take damage by this super powerful emotion. I mm. don't know about you, but shame does not feel good. No, it's uh, terrible. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, and people don't want to feel it. So we yeah. shove it down into our body and we exile that emotion and we lock that emotion in a cage. And essentially what we're doing is imagine a dog that's barking because it's hungry or it wants to go outside. And imagine taking that dog and putting it into a closet, locking the door and walking away, hoping that will solve the problem. <laughs> That does not solve the problem. Right. The dog is going to get louder yep. um, and want to get out of that cage, want to get out of the door, or mm. get out of the closet or whatever. And so mm. that's the life of an exile. And they are super powerful emotions that we don't want to feel. And so that's why we have these protectors, managers and firefighters, to keep those exiles Damn. locked away mm. so that they can't get to the self. Because these protectors, again, are single digits, these behaviors were picked up when we were one, two, three, four, five, mm. six years old mm. to protect the self. 
because the self was so young. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, literally, your body is too small to protect yourself physically when you're young, when you're a kid. You're, I'm not big enough. I'm a 6'6 mm -hmm. dude now, but mm -hmm. when I, I was at one point was mm -hmm. like three foot tall, yeah. and I couldn't defend myself <laughs> right. against a six-foot guy. Yeah, and right. so protectors had to mm -hmm. uh, step in to help me at that time. Mm -hmm. And again, they do not realize that I'm older now. They don't mm -hmm. get that. They, That's right. they don't, they're stuck um, in that role, in that protective role. Um, because they think that exile will get out. And so that's navigating Damn. that system and first and foremost, going and talking with managers and firefighters as the self and forming a relationship with those parts of you, those young parts of you. Um, that's super healing in and of itself. Oh, like protector conversations. For sure. For sure. But then going and releasing that trauma that's in your body, those exiles, and going to unburden those exiles and bring them out of those cages, the, we lock mm. away our wisest parts. Like those exiles mm. are our wisest parts most often because um, they're usually the oldest parts of us mm. or have been around the longest or whatever. And mm. so that's how that system of healing and Damn. talking to mm. exiles is something you should do with someone. <laughs> like mm -hmm. It's really hard to read the label from inside the bottle. Mm -hmm. It's even harder to do that with an exile. Not only because it's just hard, but also because it's extraordinarily emotionally charged. For sure. Uh, For sure. When you're releasing those things, it's not, I mean, I mean, to be blunt, it's not always easy. And then when I'm measuring people's body temperature, their body temperature increases, their blood oxygen shifts, their everything, Dude. a lot of stuff's happening. So you got to be with someone yeah. that can be present with you. So be careful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and I please do that with a professional. For Protector sure. conversations you can have. Like yeah. anxiety is a really easy one that you could start to chat with. Like name it to tame it. It's the first step. Mm -hmm. Like name the part. Like my sure. anxiety's name is Mamba. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. And like the, the roller coaster. That's Most awesome. people in KC yeah, won't yeah. get it or yeah, would yeah. get it, but people yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. But it's a roller coaster. And so yeah. I named it uh, anxiety and now I can talk to it and just ask it questions. Mm. Hey, what, what, what do you want me to know or understand right now? What's your biggest fear? If you didn't make me anxious, what are you afraid would happen? Mm. How old do you think I am? If you didn't do this, what would you do instead? Uh, what do you need from me? Like really easy questions that you can ask these parts of you and they pop up. Mm. Um, and just by simply listening, understanding, and validating those parts, you'd be surprised how much they will relax their grip For on sure. you. So that's, the mind is a little bit more complicated. Mm. <laughs> but uh, mm. the, what we did in the body is allowing us to navigate that, this, mm. this uh, system of parts a little bit more effectively um, in preparing the body to release those exiles. Mm. Damn. Uh, uh, the language is insane. I put, while we're, you're talking, I don't know if you've heard of NF, the rapper. Oh, um, yeah. He, oh, man. He uh, had, he's done some work, dude. Yeah. At least it, he, he uses language like he's done some work. Um, but this phrase or this kind of kind of this piece, he says, the point I'm making is the mind is a powerful place and what you feed it can affect you in a powerful way. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah, but it's not always safe. Just hang with me. This will only take a moment, okay? Think about it for a second. If you look at your face every day when you get up and think you'll never be great, you'll never be great, not because you're not, but the hate will always find a way to cut you up and murder your faith. And and, and that part, he goes, there's another chunk where he talks about kind of trying to submerge all those exiles like you just described and how, like, that shit always pops up. Yep. You can't. For, for a while, it actually is an effective strategy. I, I was oh, yeah. proof you can actually outrun those for a while yes, and submerge them and keep the dog locked in the cage. Oh yeah. It does work. It's, it does. it's effective. Yes. Um, and then when, when it becomes ineffective, it is terrible. Yes. <laughs> and it causes so much uh, pain. Anguish. Um, 
and and really though for those around you mm-hmm. uh, every bit as much as back to your relationship piece like every bit as much for the people in your in your uh, sphere as you and so right anyway man i love that language is so hell i'd never heard that before about um about the protector and the firefighter or manager firefighter and, and exile i've heard lots about kind of the false self versus true self and the ego versus true self and it's, all, all of that is like similar in the context but I'll, that language of someone managing it someone firefighting it and like to protect that exile which is ultimately like where the wisdom, I loved it, man. Like where the wisdom and where the good is stored is mm. in these things that we're like running hardest from. Yeah. Most of the time subconsciously. It's not like we're waking up going, you know what I'm going to do today is like lock away my best parts because I'm scared shitless of being abandoned. No. Yeah. We <laughs> but we, but we act that. that way. We behave in such a way that um, that's, yeah, man, so good. It's wild. So good. And you can... It's inside of you and it's inside of others. That's a big, that's a really cool part that people start to realize. Usually it's awareness that start, everybody starts out with awareness like, oh, I have different parts. Okay. And then they're trying to navigate their own system. And then what is such a beautiful moment mm. is that people start to become way more empathetic for others mm. because they realize, ah, oh, he's got exiles that's too. Right. He's got managers too. Mm. He's not coming at me. It's one mm. of his protectors mm. that, and it like, it's just an empathy. Like it's so hard Sometimes for, sure. for me to be mad at anybody because I'm mm. just like, oh my God, mm. that exile is trying to come out. So this firefighter is right now, you're pissed mm. off because that manager did something bad. <laughs> and it's sure. just, I just, and it, yeah. it's good and bad, but yeah, it's yeah. cool. That's awesome. That's a mind. Um, <laughs> my goodness. There's, I feel like I've got like six more hours of stuff to ask you. Um, but let's, let's segue into two last concepts um, for this time. We'll have to do it again. The first is, um, you 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 mentioned early, and maybe it was even before I started recording, that um, your coaching and content clients are primarily women, mm. um, and that's awesome. And, and I, I think I want to, since we're two dudes here, um, yeah. I would like to talk like, what's the resistance or hesitation generally? Because I think it's going to then lead to my last point is I want to hear more about my connection. Is that what it's called? My companion. My companion. Uh, right when I said, I was like, "That's wrong." Um, my companion. So I want to end with that because it's like fascinating from a um, entrepreneurial level. But but help us bridge this. Like, um, why? And maybe maybe we can't explore all the depths of it. But like, generally, why are only thirteen percent of your clients men? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good question. Uh, we're not men. We being men are not taught generally how to navigate our emotions and we don't have as chaotic of emotions a lot of the times so we can get by with that and so um and we're taught we're not really taught to be vulnerable (laughs) taught to like you said push it down and keep going we're both athletes how many times did your coach say if uh maybe your coach didn't say this specifically but uh push through for just sure. keep going. I had don't a coach show literally. Yeah. yeah, don't show weakness. Like, uh, yeah. tears are we- weakness leaving the body. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's what we're pride Real men with. don't cry. Yeah, don't cry. Do right. not cry. And so then um, that's like everybody has heard that. The other part of it is that, <laughs> going to get a little controversial, but mm. uh, humans in general are not good at validating, listening, understanding, validating, just holding space for one yeah. another very well, uh, man or woman. A lot of the times, 
guys don't necessarily have a place that they can go and be vulnerable in a safe way. Mm. A lot of times what is happening or what I have seen happen um, is that they are with a partner and they are trying to open up and be a little bit more vulnerable and show some emotion and stuff. And that ends up triggering their partner, mm. um, which then there's someone that has just op- spilled their guts, open the, open up their, their guts. Now someone just turned into a, like a venomous tiger snake <laughs> because their emotions <laughs> got triggered. And now someone is exposing their belly to a shark. And mm. so then instantly that person closes oh, off. Bad idea. Not doing pulls that out. Yeah, yeah. Runs, whatever it is, gets mad. Like, um, and then they're both triggered people. And it's just like, oh, it's just mm. not a good system. Mm. Um, and so that's a big thing and there's not, so two things, like guys are not necessarily good at being open and listening, um, to one another all the time yeah, in a sure. deep way. Um, for and sure. sometimes guys can feel safe opening up to a woman and, or, or a partner and mm. she can be, um, open and receptive up to a point, but then it gets to something where and she's not a therapist, like she's yeah. not trained, yeah. like it's not their yeah. fault. Like, yeah. uh, yeah. but it's just not a safe space. And so that is another uh, place. And then the other physiologically, our muscles are bigger. We can tor- store more in our bodies mm. and we can hold on to more uh, as well. So there's, I mean, there's a, like a physiological piece of it as well. Mm. So when you're saying we can get through it, yeah, you are so true. It's so, so true. <laughs> um, it, but it does play an effect. Like we die earlier than women. Like guys kill themselves more often, three times more likely than women. Like, I mean, we are less likely to go seek help and things like that. So, um, yeah, those are some of the, the big things that I would, I would suggest. Mm-hmm. And then shame is a big one for guys. For sure. Uh, uh, it, it's for everybody. Shame is like the core of everything, but yeah. for yeah. guys a lot, like, it's like, just like, I shouldn't do that. Like yeah. you shouldn't, 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 should, should, yeah. should, should, like yeah. it's all over you shooting yeah. all over yourself. And it's like, yes. Uh, yes, it's a big one for guys like feeling mm. bad. Like they're mm. going to get in trouble, like things like that. And like, there's a lot of like abandonment wounds, things for like sure. that in, in uh, guys that are hard to talk about. Mm. So it's <laughs> society, physiology, mm. like mm. psychology. It's kind of a combination of yeah. things. Um, but mm. that would be, it my makes take. sense. It makes a ton of sense. Even I'm reflecting on my own experience and, and, Rick, the first counselor we went and saw when, when stuff was pretty dicey. Um, he, Brooks, my wife, I've told this story, I think, before, but she, she like, shared something, and um, it was just, like, whatever, like, part, part of counseling. She, like, said, said some stuff, like, had an experience and felt it. And Rick looks at me, and he's like, hey, in her words, I'd like for you to reflect back what she said <laughs> and, and, and not take any of it personally. And I literally was like, I don't know what the fuck to say. <laughs> like, and I, I, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what validation means. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to not be defended. I don't know how to hold sp- to use your phrase. I'd love it. It's, I don't know how to hold space. What are you talking about? Right. And I looked at him. I was like, Rick, can you do it? Like, will you, will you role play for me so I know what it means? Like, I didn't. I. It was just like I was like, dude, I'm 36. I've had like all these cool jobs and like have five kids and I'm paid the damn mortgage every month. Like I know, I know what the hell I'm doing in life. And I mean, I all of a sudden was playing a game. I had no idea what the rules were. I had no idea the skill set. And, and, and I'm, you know, now when we're raising our own kids, I'm sitting here going, Oh my gosh, like how, how can we facilitate conversations around human connection and empathy and understanding? Cause like I was an infant at 36 on how to do that. Yeah. Um, And, and it's still many ways like, 
growing in my awareness of of that um, skill and and the <laughs> impact of of the holding space. So anyway, um, I appreciate you sharing all that, and it leads me to kind of the the, the last concept. And I want I want people to like because I'm a, I'm fascinated by what you're doing. I think it's like as the like builder and entrepreneur part of my brain is like holy smokes, like how awesome and hopeful. Um, tell us about my companion and uh, and and why why you're doing what you're doing. For sure. So if it's honestly like our whole conversation is like perfect uh, mm. based on what my communion is for. So all of the things that we have been talking about all the way from the very beginning of this conversation, my companion is trained on and can mm. personalize um, everything we've talked about. So if you have a struggle with, let's go all the way back to the hero's body. If you're struggling with your sleep, it can talk you through how to personalize a sleep routine, morning routine, night routine, all that kind of stuff. As basic as that, all the way to navigating your parts. Um, so figuring out, okay, that's a manager. Here's the conversation to have with the manager. And it can walk you through yeah. a conversation with one of those managers or one of the firefighters. We're still looking at exiles some because that's where some of the joint venture comes in because mm. exiles are pretty intense. And some firefighters can be kind of dangerous too, like suicidality, like that's a, mm. that's a firefighter. Um, and so... Um, mm. When you're thinking about, which is interesting, why it's a firefighter, but the my companion, that's what it's doing and can help you do. Um, that's a goal of it. <laughs> so um, when you say it, what is it? An app? Is it a website? What yeah. is it? So it's an app. Yeah, you download. Yeah. Is it? You just download the app and you start texting it. Imagine like you're texting back and forth with your friend, mm. um, and but your friend is an AI, <laughs> and mm. uh, so you can text mm. it back and forth, um, and it will respond with back and forth and talk with you, just like mm. uh, you would text anyone else back and forth. Mm. Um, that's like V1. Eventually, what we want to be able to do is have, you'll have an actual avatar that you can literally talk to. Like you could FaceTime my companion and you could yeah. talk to an actual avatar. Um, and it's with you 24-7, unlike a therapist. Uh, there's no side effects like drugs. Um, <laughs> and it's it's specifically for working through uh, these traumas. 87% of people don't realize they have unhealed trauma mm. inside of them. Um, and so... Uh, it's really to help kind of uncover some of that and be kind of that companion for you. Um, of all the stuff you mm -hmm. thought with, you thought was complicated, you don't know where to start, you don't know how to do it. You can literally, that's what my companion is tailored mm -hmm. for, tailor made for is to mm -hmm. help people uh, begin that journey uh, wherever so they're cool. at. And it can learn from them and adapt from them because um, it's collecting their behavioral data, their social media data, all the data um, that Facebook collects and puts ads in front of your face for <laughs> will collect and improve your mental health. Damn. Um, and Damn. so that's kind of, that's why I call my companion. Cause I really want it to become like mm. a, a buddy that mm. can help, uh, help with your mental and emotional health mm. right now, but in the future, be able to predict your mental health, mm. be able to help be like <laughs> defend you against ads or social media behavior that, mm. or content that could hurt your mental health, things like that. Mm. So that's kind of where it's at right now. Dude, my, my, my brain's flooded of like, holy crap, like it could probably, and you're probably way ahead of me on this, but like um, you could start to integrate whoop data. You could start to integrate all these little interesting, like oh, yes. all this like uh, kind of disparate and disconnected things. Um, well, I should download this recipe guide. I should start making these other foods. Like I, I, I'm going, oh my gosh, like this is way better than this nonsense we I see on LinkedIn about chat GPT is going to take all of our jobs. It's like, stop it. Like, the, the the harnessed power of these in, of this intelligence has the ability to transform people's lives, and 100 and, agree. and 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 not even and, and like improve the humanity, not like hundred percent agree, not like turn our humanity off. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what you're talking about is like, man, 
I know we chatted about this a little bit beforehand, but like as it relates to the men being vulnerable conversation, um, and not, not to be controversial, but like in that instinct to protect and not share, um, men have a hard time going like, man, do I, can I actually trust a pastor? Can I actually trust a therapist? Can I actually trust my best friend? Can I actually trust my wife? Like, yeah, but and and like deeper than all of those is like, can I actually trust my my damn self? Yes. And like the my companion piece is like, that's pretty. A, it's like pretty damn smart and and has some awesome answers. And like, there's no. And I think you use this phrase like, there's a hundred percent guarantee of zero judgment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. There is not. Yeah, right. I can't. It's a robot. Right. right. <laughs> that's right. So it's yeah. fascinating, dude. So it's cool, and it's. Uh, that's what we're pitching digital sandbox, which is a, a pitch competition here in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, when? Like when's that build, happening? August 9th. So okay. Okay. Um, we're looking at we're pitching them and we're starting to raise some money to like okay. really get it built out. I've got it like Frankenstein Jerry rigged together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right now. Yeah. Um, and but that's got the team together like that kind of stuff. So that's so cool. <laughs> we're corporate. We're a public benefit corporation. So what's that mean? So it's a type of it's a it's a corporation, a Delaware mm. corporation, but mm. um, public benefit corporations are tied legally mm. in their articles of incorporation to their stakeholders mm. and their public benefit. And ours is social impact mm. to uh, provide um, accessible, affordable mental health uh, yeah. tools. And so mm. we are tied legally to that, even at the sacrifice of money. Mm. Whereas a normal corporation is tied to their shareholders, where they have to make money. Um, at all costs. They're going to make <laughs> decisions sure. based on money. That's right. That's um, right. We make decisions based on our public benefit. Yeah, um, that's cool. So, and we're going to market with a, <laughs> a pay what you want model. Uh, mm. So it'll be free to everybody. That's why I say it's free because uh, mm. it will be free um, if you can't afford it. If you can't afford it, uh, we will mm. ask for you to pay it forward for others sure. to be able to uh, afford free mental health care. Um, and so that's, we're going to go to market with that. If we have to pivot, fine, but getting some pushback. Yeah, but yeah. I've... Um, <laughs> There's a guy. Uh, That's cool. Entrepreneur one on one. I'm smiling and dialing, but I reached out to a guy. <laughs> Knocking uh, on doors, bro. <laughs> I had to find research to support this yeah. pay what you want model, and there are three experts in the world um, on the mm. pay what you want model. Mm. One of them is Dr. Leif Nelson, and mm. after like eight follow ups, I got him. Does that mean with me? He's a, nice. a Princeton trained psychologist that works at Berkeley now. Um, he's worked with Disney, Cards Against Humanity. Like he yeah. studies human behavior and economics and stuff. Um, Damn. And so I'm meeting with him to talk That's about awesome. all of his research in relation to pay what you want models and what he's found. Mm. And he's finding that pay what you want model or users that are pay what you want engage more in your app, mm. higher revenue, higher profit. Um, higher mm. referral rate, less mm. churn. It's wild, um, mm. but people are just kind of scared. But that's how we're making it free. So if mm. if you want it, and, and like no hidden fees, mm. no hidden costs, like all the features, not limited features, like mm. the whole thing. Dude, <laughs> uh, that's cool. So that's that's probably the biggest bet I'm making overall mm. on it. And the fact that it's just a startup and it could explode in my face at any moment. But <laughs> good or bad, <laughs> good or bad explosions. That's that's a big <laughs> assumption that I'm. I just think I can sell that as. Mm. like a public good, a public service type thing. And and never, probably, I mean, risk of being dramatic, probably never in the history of the world has mental health been such an accepted mm. part of our conversation and necessary. Because yes. yeah. we're in, living in this, like, train wreck of society of, like, social media and kids and COVID and depression and all the stuff that's like, no, it's a hot mess out there. It's not going great. It is truly. Uh, and there are not nearly enough 
there are way more Sith than there are Jedi. Let me tell you. Mm. We are 42,000 mental health care professionals short last year. Damn. This year, we are projected over 100,000 mental health professionals short. 87% of people can't find or afford care, meant any any mm. type of mental health care, digitally mm. or not. Like, I mean, it's, mm. it is wild. But- yeah, dude, I, I told you, Brooke's not practicing in this moment. Um, she's got a friend who who is, and like, I can't say the name um, for for reasons why you'll hear in just a second. But this individual has seen sixty clients a week. Yeah, and it's like, and that's not sustainable. That it, person's going like, to get burnt out. That's right. And and they're like, he or she is like feeling the um, weight of like, hey, it's kind of against the like deal. You're supposed to only see thirty, but like, there's a it's a train wreck. Like people are begging the get help and like what am i supposed to do the average weight weight list is six months it's it is insane it's in shout out to all of you who are doing that seriously work and they like, need it we love y'all and you need to keep doing it because it's um well, i'm trying to help you, yeah i'm trying to give them a lightsaber yeah. right now yeah, they're yeah. out there hacking with a bamboo stick i'm like take this lightsaber <laughs> like it's 80 20 that's what my yeah. companion really solves 80 uh, percent of people uh, who need mental health care could be solved in a digital simple way there are 20 percent of people who need hardcore mental health for deep sure side. and it so i'm really looking at the 80 percent, and then being able to mm. refer and and give them push people triage mm. i'm not trying to replace therapists i mm. want to be clear about that forget mm. to mention that mm. um mm. because i love them mm. <laughs> um but uh they need help mm. very much they need help mm. that, dude that's, that's a perfect so story cool. like i'm that's so glad cool. you shared that yeah that's so cool um last question i promise then we'll wrap mm. with our final five um Body keeps the score. I'm sure, you've read that book. Basil um, Vandercock, yeah. Yeah, t- like I've read it. Well, actually, I lied. I've like read sixty percent of it. I'm like, bro, this is so heavy. I think I got the concept. <laughs> um, but like, I-, I think it's fundamental to maybe your your whole mindset about bottom up mm-hmm. um, and, and how all these systems are interrelated. Like, tell us about what that concept is. So the easiest way to think about the body keeps the score, we can break it down. So trauma comes in. Traumatic things come in. And trauma, to be clear, doesn't have to be, like, the most insane, crazy thing. that. Oh, my God. Trauma yeah. can be like, no. man, my dad was a dick one time because he had a bad day and said something that stuck with me forever. Right. Or whatever. Like, trauma is not this, like, loaded, heavy, Right. M- mom shot my neighbor in the head with a shotgun. Like, whatever. Like, it doesn't yeah. have to be that. Yeah. Or I was jumping out of planes in Afghanistan. Whatever. Like, all that's real and heavy and true and hard and scary. Trauma, in your, I would assume, in your definition, is not that. It doesn't have to be, no, not at all. I mean, it, there, it can be the most innocuous type thing. Yeah. Like, like it's why. The three E's, event, experience, and effect, are the way that I kind of help people understand it. Mm. Um, and so if you think of a house on fire, if it's your house on fire, that's the event. The experience, if it's your house, you've got to, what is the experience, right? you got to go get your kids. you got to get all your valuables. You where's gotta, the dog? Yeah. Where's the dog? Yeah. Get everybody outside. And then the effect of that could be traumatic because mm. there's lots of anxiety, okay? So that's the event of a house on fire. If I'm a firefighter, same event, what's my experience of it? I'm going to go in. I'm going to save the people. I'm going to build resilience. And that's what the effect is, is it builds resilience. Mm. Because this is the third fire house fire I've gone into tonight, right? So the same event is traumatic to the person whose house is on fire, but maybe not to the fire. Not to mm. say that yeah, yeah. firefighters, first responders, I work a lot with them too, yeah. that they yeah. don't experience trauma. They absolutely do. But yeah. just for simplicity, yeah, yeah. For um, sure. it can be something so simple. For so sure. that's an easy way to think about the difference between trauma. The way it comes in though, is it comes in through your peripheral nervous system. So your body um, is the first one to get all, all senses it. come in through your body. 
Um, even you have more senses than five. You got proprioception. Like there's so many. Um, <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> but like just your, the awareness of where your body is in space. Like that's mm. like proprioception. But uh, so it comes in again. Those six trillion things are coming in. So trauma comes in through your body. Just like when you touch the hot stove, it comes in through your body. Trauma comes in. It goes into your brain, up to your mind. Your mind's like can't deal with that. Like, I don't want to deal with this. Like mm. put that away for me. And so what happens then is your mind goes to the brain. Your brain's like, Hey, put this somewhere. And your brain's like, well, dude, I, <laughs> these are nerve cells. Like I can't store these here. And so then what happens is your hypothalamus, your, your brain, and I'm vastly oversimplifying, but your brain then you. sends, <laughs> sends signals to something called your hypothalamus, which sits between your nervous system and your endocrine and immune system, essentially. Mm. So the signal of your brain versus the signals of your body. So your body communicates with hormones mm. and your brain communicates with electrochemical signals. And so, again, that's a little bit oversimplified, but bear with me. Um, and so what happens then in your hypothalamus, it gets transferred from an electrochemical message into an endocrine and immune message. And that those then hormones and immune cells, mm. immune uh, molecules can go down into your body get stored between your muscle fibers, get stored in your fascia, get stored in your skin, get stored in your, uh, the lining of your gut, um, and stored in all these different areas in your body yeah. because your nerve cells can't hold on to extra stuff, mm. but your muscle cells can, your skin cells can hold on to these extra chemicals. And so then, uh, like when you think of like a trauma yoga, you get people that are like freaking out, um, because, uh, they do a certain stretch, um, because they have reactivated trauma. And so what happens is when they, mm. you pull your muscle fibers apart, it's hard to see, but if you like lace your fingers together and then pull them apart, you start to mm. see like light between your fingers. Mm. And so um, in there are the chemicals of the state that was seared in there when the trauma happened. And when that same chemical state is released in your body, your nervous system senses that. And it is like, Damn. oh shit, when this was happening last time, something bad was going on. And so then now your mind is like, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap, red alert. And you're mm. in this triggered state. And that's what's happening sometimes in this, uh, in like the mm. trauma yoga example I was giving. And so that's how kind of your mind, brain, and body work together to store trauma in your body. Because mm. your body can hold it. <laughs> can, like you said, can hold it for mm. up to a point. Uh, but then eventually you get to a place where it's like mm. something bad happens like COVID. Mm. Um, that's why there's a 300% increase in anxiety and depression from my perspective, because it was like a mass trauma COVID mm. was, um, that mm -hmm. escaped our ability to cope with a certain situation. Yeah. Um, so that's a big piece, um, of the body, like as simple as I can mm -hmm. like kind of make <laughs> it, um, how it can kind of get stored in your body. Mm. And when it's stored in your body, you, <laughs> So there are five types of memory and there's only one that's declarative, meaning you can talk about it and that's in your brain. Mm. So when it gets stored in your body, guess what? You can't talk about it because it's not declarative. It's not a declarative type of memory. Damn. And so, uh, mm. the, of the five types of memory, only one's between your ears, the other four are in your body. <laughs> and mm. so, uh, that's why I don't remember my trauma or I don't remember. It's not, it makes complete sense mm. neurologically why that, why that makes sense it, it is because mm. what, I was, what I was just describing. So, um, Damn, that's wild. Yeah, man. it's nuts. Mm. <laughs> it's all the stuff I love to talk about. It's though. so good, and I love hearing it. And I'm grateful you share. Um, we're gonna do this again, but let's let's uh, let's walk through the final five questions, and uh, I want to hear whatever comes to mind. Okay. okay. Um, by the way, dude, I'm so grateful. Like, I just feel a lot of gratitude for you <laughs> being here and, and sharing. Appreciate you having me. Um, of course. Um, what's a book you would recommend or listen for folks to listen to or read? or whatever their preference is? 
I think could be on this topic or not. The body keeps score is a good one. Mm. It's a heavy read. It's a heavy read. No bad parts is an is another mm. good one that I would suggest. I've heard a of that. Less. It's by Dr. Richard Schwartz, the founder mm. of IFS. Mm. That's one that I would suggest. Um, is a pretty hard to go wrong there. Mm. So those are good. I've not heard of no bad parts, but based based on how you described it earlier, I will be reading that. Um, what's your favorite T-shirt? It's kind of random. Favorite T-shirt. I just, I think I, two of them. No, I'll, I'll do my favorite. <laughs> my favorite one is is one, <laughs> this is the wildest thing ever, but <laughs> it is literally just a gray shirt that is hashtag Izzy. That's it. Mm. I-Z-Z-Y. Kay. And in, from high school to college, I was not like this social butterfly. Like I had pimples and I was skinny and I didn't know what weightlifting was and I was just awkward, didn't know how to talk to people. Um, and when I went to college, I made a pact. I was like, I am not, I'm going to be, I'm going to become someone different. Mm -hmm. And right before I went, I met with my uncle, uh, uncle Aaron, Aaron Isabel. And when he was in Vietnam, everyone called him Izzy because he would go first. He was the captain. He would lead, he would do all these things. And then Mm -hmm. even in our family, he's the oldest. So am I. Mm -hmm. Um, and when he comes in a room, all of his siblings listen, the family follows him. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, damn, this is cool. Um, Mm -hmm. and he, he knows how to act. He's confident. And so when I went to college the first day, I was, mm. we were is introducing each other. And I was, they were like, who are you? I was like, my name's Cody, but everybody calls me Izzy. That's awesome. <laughs> and Dude, uh, that's awesome. I literally <laughs> created an alter ego like that first day. And still my college friends, my fraternity brothers, they all call me Izzy, like still. And that's this awesome. Izzy shirt, I didn't even get it myself. Mm. I went, I was in school and I uh, got mail. And I was, <laughs> I was, there was, it was no return address, nothing. Um, and I just got this Izzy shirt in the mail and to this day, I have no idea who sent it to me. I have no clue, but hashtag Izzy, that's all that's on it. I have Uh, no uh, idea. I looked up brands. I I tried to find, like, I have no idea. It's a great story. So that's my favorite t-shirt. It's a great story, Izzy. I appreciate that. Anytime. Uh, favorite place on earth. Favorite place on earth. My inclination is wherever I'm at. Like mm. that's one of my favorite places to just kind of be present with people. Mm. Um, home is, is, is a good, mm. is a good place to be as well. Like, like, mm. like with family. So it's hard to describe like a specific like address, mm. but it's like either where I'm at at that moment, just trying to be present that's good. or when I'm with like my family, especially I'm just down in Florida with my uncle for three weeks and I freaking love that guy. Uncle like, Izzy? Same guy? <laughs> no, different one. Okay. Uncle all right. Bob. But okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, (laughs) I love it. Um, At Guild, we use this phrase a lot called, we we talk about human first marketing, human first brand building, human first storytelling. Um, What does human first mean to you? I think human first means we're all more alike than we're different. Like when you look at how your brain operates, all brains do the same five things. And so when I think human first, like, a big th- saying for us, for me, for my company is for everyone, mm. not just for the rich people, like for, it's not an innovation if poor people can't afford it. Mm. And so when I hear human first, like I, it, mm. when you say it to me, I feel like what I feel like when I say for everyone, mm. um, that's, that's kind of the way that I think about it. It's like everybody, like we're all humans. I love that, man. It's so good. Um, when this this thing's all said and done. What do you want to be remembered for? Helping others find happiness and purpose in their lives. Damn, that was fast. Yeah, it's my MTP. 
What's MTP? Massively transformative purpose. Mm. Say it again. Helping others achieve happiness and purpose in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's clarity, man. Yeah, that's what I want to be able to do. The, the business one is creating a human AI operating system that can shift human evolution and unite humanity. <laughs> so that's the business MTP. That's quite a uh, lofty and wonderful Oh, it's the top of the mountain. Purpose, I hope I get there one day, but mm. it's a fun ride until I do. But for me mm. personally, helping others achieve happiness is purpose in their life. That's what my companion is. Every single thing I do can be derived from that. This podcast, in some way, I hope helps someone arrive at happiness or purpose in their life. Like, so for me personally, that's it. That's good, man. Um, Cody, I'm. I'm. Uh, I, I told you this already, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful for your your time and for you spilling lots of wisdom and practical. I think what's what's fascinating about uh, you specifically, and also I think your field and your your the emergence of how critically important these conversations are to humanity um, is people like you and Dr. Huber, folks who can can synthesize very complicated. You lost me in lots of like ologies, right? But um, but to to take that knowledge and then transform it into somebody else's experience is a beautiful gift. And so, thanks for sharing it with us tonight, man. Yeah, today, thank you so much. Tonight, whatever the hell time it is. Yeah, I appreciate like, you uh, uh, bringing me good. on here, too. I'm very grateful to be able to come here. It's been a long time coming. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was on you. me. That was on me. That was <laughs> on me for being a long time coming. Um, how can we help or support or follow along or add to the half million uh, followers you have hanging around on your stories? Yeah, I mean, if you want to follow along anywhere that you, <laughs> you can type it in, it's at Mind Brain Body Lab everywhere facebook instagram tiktok all the places um and then if you want to join the waitlist for my companion we have a waitlist so just go to waitlist.my-companion.app and you'll it'll take you right to the waitlist um and you can sign up uh to be one of the first people to kind of uh, get access to it so. come on man i'm for cheering for you we're pumped and uh keep up the good human work my friend yeah you too thanks so much for having me i appreciate it you're doing great work here too oh, i appreciate that man thanks cody oh yeah 